phase is locked and ready to fire, sir. Illogical. Hello and welcome back. It's me, your host, Floyd, from Federation Radio, once again. <clears throat> Sorry. Alright, so today we're going over the episode Errand of Mercy, which, honestly, I I know I said this a few times, but I forgot that this episode existed. I remembered some of the Klingon episodes in the original series, but I did not remember this one. I had no memory of this. So this is actually a really cool episode. First off, I think it might be the first mention of the Klingon Empire, which in itself is cool. And on top of that, you know, not only do we get a mention, we get to see them, and the Federation and Klingon Empire actually go to war. Sorry, the Federation and the Klingon Empire, not the Federation is not an empire, technically. They technically start a war. See, at the very start of the episode, a ship comes out of nowhere, starts hitting the um, USS Enterprise, just starts blasting it. And I think, I could be wrong, but I think that is the very first time we actually see the Enterprise being struck by weapon fire from an enemy ship. We've seen them fire at enemy ships and at alien entities and scan things and be in danger from radiation and other things, but I don't think as of yet we've had a full-on standoff, both sides firing cannons at each other's side, like we just saw. Well, firing phaser banks and the Klingons were firing, I suppose, disruptors. I'm I'm not 100% on what their weapons are called. I don't think the Klingons use phasers. I believe they use just disruptors, similar to the Romulans, but, you know, whatever. So this episode is all around a species called the Organians from a planet called Organia. Which, you know, they seem to be pretty basic. Like, at the start, the Enterprise gets attacked. Like I said, they manage to fight off the attack. They get to the planet, and apparently this planet is on the border between the Klingon Empire and the Federation. And basically, Kirk's here, meeting with the leaders of the Organians, trying to convince them that, hey, the Federation is willing to protect you. There is an empire called the Klingons. They are coming here soon. They're going to harm you. They're going to take your people into slavery. They're going to do terrible things to your people. We in the Federation are a democratic organization. We are looking to protect you. We don't wish to see your people ruined in the way that the Klingons will. You know, fair enough. I I think that's a fairly fair assessment from him. However, the Organians don't agree. They seem to be very pacifistic. They're not concerned. At all, either way. They they tell Kirk, we see that your concern is true, and we thank you for it. However, we will be fine. Don't worry about us. We can look after ourselves. Spock comes in, tells Kirk, I've been looking around, and it seems like their culture has been stagnant for thousands of years. They don't seem to be advancing at all. I'm not really sure what's going on here. So, originally, it was said to be a low-tech planet on its way to mechanization, but upon further review, apparently, Spock doesn't think so. Now, at this point, you know, Kirk, I should say, before they came to the planet, Kirk says to Sulu, you're in command. If anything goes wrong, you are to evaluate the situation and you are to get back to the Federation and tell them what is going on and that the Klingons are here and bring the fleet. You know, because at first Sulu's like, I will rescue you. And he's like, no, you do not owe us anything. If the Klingons come, you are to leave immediately, which, you know what? They've been in a state of war, the Klingons, who knows how many ships they might be bringing in. I understand that. Makes sense. However, Kirk and Spock are there. Then the Klingons show up. Weirdly, the Organians sort of seem to know. They look at Kirk, and before Kirk even gets a message from his ship, they say, a Klingon fleet has just arrived. They're going to occupy the planet. 
And then straight after, he gets a message from Sulu saying, Klingons are here, we're having to pull out our captain. And they leave. That leaves just Spock and Kirk, which, once again, I have to say, pretty stupid that the Enterprise keeps sending down its first and second commanders, you know, rank commanders to the planets on their own, with no security guard, nothing taken into account, especially in a time when you've just literally gotten a message from the Federation saying, Code 1, we are at war with the Klingons. At that point, pretty much Kirk shouldn't have come to the planet at all. Spock should have probably gone on his own, or with a few security officers, or at the very least, Spock should have been told to stay on the ship while Kirk went down. Both of them should not have been leaving the flagship at a time of war. The flagship needs to be staffed with its officers. I think this this whole thing is, from a tactical point of view, absolutely catastrophic. The Federation fucked up everything here. But, you know, that's the Federation. They are not an empire. They are a Federation, so they do things a little bit differently and most of the time very illogically and impractical. Now, like I said, the Organians don't care. It was actually very jarring for most of the episode. I just kept watching it like i don't understand these people they're not just pacifists they seem to just legitimately not care they're like whatever they're here at one point yeah you know, sorry at this point the Klingons show up they actually come into the system they kick them out and then they occupy the system they land with hundreds possibly thousands of klingons an occupation force organia they come into the room before the klingons arrive they tell them we'll dress you up in our local clothing we'll hide you kurt goes by the name baronia and Spock just stays with his name Spock, which I felt like was a mistake because he's the second officer of the flagship. I feel like he's a famous name, especially to an empire that's about to go to war with the Federation. I feel like they're going to know his name and that he's a Vulcan. So the fact that he just keeps the name Spock to me was a bit stupid, but he keeps the name Spock and he pretends to be a Trillium merchant. Which, you know, fair enough. Making him a Vulcan merchant and making Kirk pass as a local, I can see that. That's a pretty decent way to try and protect them from a pacifistic point of view from the Klingons. Doesn't really work, though, because the Klingons come in. They tell them, you are now a part of the Klingon Empire. The Organians will serve us as we are the stronger. He ends up saying, take that, uh, what's he saying? He says, take that Vulcanian away. He is going to go through something called the Mind Ripper, which is something I've never heard before. At least I don't think I have. Apparently... It basically reads your mind, but it seems like it almost downloads your brain, and the further into your brain that they go, the worse it does to your brain. Like, he says it will leave you as a vegetable at his full power. Now, at first, he's very suspicious. He takes the Vulcan away, takes him away, Spock's going through the Mind Ripper. He is going to basically be mind-probed. Now, Spock isn't too concerned. He's more concerned about Kirk, but at this point, Kirk manages to pass off as Baronia, However, unlike all the others that just keep smiling at the Klingons, Kirk, you know, he's trying to stay undercover, but he's still got that fierceness about him. He's not happy the Klingons are here, and it's obvious on his face. And the Klingon commando, who is named Kor, who is a character that... I don't know if we see him again in this series, but he's a character that, spoilers again, is going to come up later. Kor is a pretty big name when it comes to Klingons. We're going to hear a lot about Kor. Kor's a pretty well-known Klingon. We will see him again, like, as a character. I don't know if we'll see him again in the original series. We'll, we'll see, but Kor is going to be a thing going forward. So keep him in mind when we think of Klingon, the Commander Kor. Now, Kor is occupying the planet. He ends up turning to Baronia, who is Kirk, and says, I like you. You have a bit of a fire to your spirit, unlike these smiling sheep. 
and he tells him, you are going to be my liaison to the Organian people. Which, you know, at first he says, I don't want the job. And then Kor sort of looks at him and says, I don't remember asking if you wanted the job. I told you that he's going to be your job now. In a very Klingon manner, you know, you will do this or you will die. It's very simple. We are the stronger. You are weak. You will do as we say. This is just kind of how the Klingons roll. They are such an aggressive empire, especially in this period, in this 23rd century period. The Klingons are very, they are expanding in every direction. They are subjugating and enslaving all sorts of alien races like this, primitive peoples. They don't care. Primitive, technological. If you don't have the power to stop their fleets, they're going to come in and you're going to become a second class citizen in the empire. And there's nothing you can really do about it. Kirk and Spock, you know, they stay undercover. Spock does get mind probed, but he sort of says to Kirk after they catch up again, like, don't worry, I am a Vulcan. I am able to use my mental discipline to shield my mind and protect myself. You, however, would not have that same privilege. You need to be careful about what you say and do, because you under that would be in a lot more pain. Now, Kirk does something here that I actually think was kind of stupid. I mean, at first, I I agree with the sentiment. He goes off and decides he's going to do some terrorist actions. Well, I suppose you would call it insurgent actions during a war. So he wants to go off and blow up an ammo dump to show the Organian people that you can resist them, even if they have higher military power. You just need to show them that this planet is more troublesome than it's worth. You need to keep resisting, which is, you know, the idea of every citizen resistance against an occupation force make their life hell destroy their ammo dumps, cut their fuel lines, cut communication, do whatever you can as a citizen on a small scale to make this expensive, difficult, and a pain until the Klingons eventually just either wipe you out or leave because life as a slave is not worth living. However, the Organians don't care. They're, they're, like I said, very pacifistic. They're not phased. So Klingon, no, Klingon, Spock and Kirk go off, they blow up this ammo dump, ammo dump, Then they go to the Organian Council and tell them what they've done and say, look, we've done this, we've just proven to you, this is possible, you can resist. I know you're against violence, but for your own people's sake, you have to resist with us. And the Organians just say, I can't believe you've done this, this is an act of violence, this is disgusting, we we won't stand for this. And then they notice the camera in the corner, because the Klingons are observing everything. The Klingons then bust into the room, Commander called with a big smile on his face, goes, Ah, you speak of courage. I had a feeling about you, and looks at him, and then he looks at the Vulcan and says, And it appears that you are able to resist our Mind Ripper. We shall have to dissect you and have a look into that. And he sends them, you know, well, he's about to send them off to prison, or to the Mind Ripper to find out who they are and for interrogation, when one of the Organians, the leader, sort of stands up and says, Hey, you don't need to do that. I can tell you who he is. He is James T. Kirk, captain of the USS Enterprise. And the smile on Kor's face when he hears that. Because imagine, this would be like invading France in the Napoleonic era and finding out that the random Frenchman that you've had in your living room for the last week is Napoleon. You know, Kirk is renowned. He is the leader of the flagship. If they go to war, he's basically the frontline commander of the entire Federation fleet. Catching him like this with his first officer on a planet away from his people without any security, without a defensive position just in your grasp, that's that's war changing. That's going to mess the Federation up for months. That's 
you know, morale breaking. This is huge. And Kor's got that smile like he knows it. He's going to get to announce to the Cleon Empire that I took out Captain Kirk of the Enterprise myself. And he sends them off to the jail cell where he says you will be executed later on after we have a little chat. Now, Kirk and him do have a bit of a chat. And Kirk's very standoffish. He's very, you know, I'm not telling you anything. And he says, well, you, you either tell me now or I take it from a mind probe straight from your brain with my mind ripper. We're going to get that information one way or the other. He says, look, I respect you. You are a commander. You are the leader of the Federation flagship. You are someone that I respect. I see you as my... He doesn't say that exactly. He sort of says, I see you as like me from the other side. You are similar to me. We are not so different. We are two tigers amongst the sheep. And Kirk just keeps resisting. He just keeps saying no. And I understand that, you know. In his position, I'd keep resisting too. I'd, I'd rather die to the mind probe than be a prisoner like that. But I still think his attack on the thing was stupid because he could have just laid low. Could have just done his job, laid low, tried not to cause any trouble because he knows Sulu's coming back. Sulu got the ship out. He's going to be back with the fleet. You just do your part until you hear about the fleet, once you've determined that your fleet's lost and that they're not coming for you, then you start blowing stuff up and doing the resistance stuff. But I feel like Kirk really jumped the gun doing it immediately. They turned Kirk into a full-on commando in this episode. I know he's not normally the most diplomatic captain, but damn, in this episode, he just became full commando. I'm going to blow shit up. I'm going to resist you. He was ready to just bash a Klingon's head in for bumping into him at one point. Like, he, no chill. No chill on Kirk in this episode. He is just ready to murder. I think they really played it up, too, because they were really, really trying to show that, like, the Federation and Klingons aren't that different, which, sort of, sort of true. Federation and Cleons at this point do have some similarities. The Federation is definitely more militarized than what we'll see later. But the Cleons enslave people, the Federation doesn't. It's it's very hard to pass that particular point where the Federation is definitely morally the better people. Now, funny enough, they get locked in a prison where he tells Kirk beforehand, like, you have 12 hours. If you change your mind about telling me information about the Federation, you can come see me before then, just tell the guard. Otherwise, in 12 hours, I will mind rip you. They go to prison. Now, not long after, an Organian, the leader of the Organian Council, shows up and says, Come with me, please. And they're like, What do you mean? Because they hear the door and they're like behind the door, hiding, ready to like attack the Klingons if they come in to try and escape. And then they see him and they're like, What are you doing here? He says, You ought to come with me. They're going to commit acts of violence to murder you. You, you must come with me now. We cannot allow this. So. The Organians, on one hand, have betrayed Kirk, told them Klingons who he was, but on the other hand, also saved him from execution. So, at this point, I'm confused, Kirk's confused, even Spock is confused, because this is all just illogical and makes no sense. Commander Kor is confused. He, if we see a comment from him, he's like, round up 200 of them, we're going to kill them until they work with us. Now, you know, I should say, after they escape, after it's determined that they have escaped the cell, that's when Kor, we get the scene with Kor, and Kor tells his people... Get 200 of them and kill them. And then, and then he puts an announcement out saying, you know, the two Federation captives have escaped. They're obviously with outside help. We are going to kill 200 people. And then in two hours, if they have not been found, we will kill 200 more. And this will continue until Kirk is back in our captivity. Which, you know, brutal, but probably effective. And we hear the sounds over the speakers of what sounds like phase of fire and 200 of them dying. Now... 
At this point, it seems like the Federation and Klingons are at war and there's nothing that can be done about it. Like, at any moment, I'm expecting a scene of the Federation fleet coming into the system to try and blow the Klingon fleet out of the system. I'm expecting full-blown war here. I I was actually getting excited. I was like, I don't remember the original series having full-on wars like this. This is epic. And then they sort of do more what I would expect from the original series, where we hear 200 people die... Kirk's trying to tell them that we should resist and they, and you know, after a while he just admits they're not going to resist. They're too pacifistic. Him and Spock are going to try and escape on their own and get out of the city so they can hide, presumably till the Federation shows up. Now, in the end, the Organians give them their weapons back very hesitantly. They don't want to help them, but they say you can have your weapons back and your communications and off you go. Now, they manage to get almost to, instead of leaving the city, they end up going for Core. They go for the commander. <laughs> Core very calmly, like, he doesn't care. They take out two of the guards, they grow wire one of the guards on their way into Core. They get in the office with Core, and Core's just calm. He goes to stand up and grab his phaser, but he realises they're aiming, you know, weapons at him, and he just sits back down and says, ah, so the tables have turned, have they, Captain? Are you going to kill me, then? And Kirk says no, and sort of goes to take him prisoner, and gets tells him, like, what are you going to do with these people, and what's going on, and, you know, trying to get information out of him. Now... At this point, Core is so calm, and I love this from Core. He's so calm, he's collected, he leans back, he's joking, he's being sarcastic, he's saying, oh, well, I guess you're going to have to kill me then, aren't you? And then he stands up and he casually says, oh, I am observing everything that happens. We Klingons observe everyone, even me. And then he kind of subtly looks up at the corner where they see a camera, and Kirk and Spock freak out because they suddenly realize, oh, God, the Klingon forces nowhere in this room with their commander. And a few seconds later, the door busts open and there's a bunch of Klingon warriors. Then we get a weird scene. It cuts to the Organiums and they're like, we cannot allow this. And they sort of breathe in and close their eyes. And then it flicks back to Kirk and Spock and they go to shoot Kor and the others before, you know, they die. And suddenly the weapons all become apparently 350 degrees. I'm guessing that's Fahrenheit because it's an American show. But they become 350 degrees and they all throw their weapons to the ground like, oh, God. They can't hold them. They go to punch the Klingons at that point, and they suddenly bounce back as if there's some kind of force field. The Klingons go to hit back. They bounce back as if there's some kind of force field. At this point, everyone in the room is just looking around like, what the hell's going on? Why can't we hurt each other? Then the Organian leader walks in and says, I have disabled all of your weapons. These acts of violence must stop. I was hoping you would stop this on your own, but we are forced to interfere. We hate having to do this. And... It's kind of funny as we get a moment where like Kor and Kirk, both captains, kind of come over and they're both angrily looking at him like, you have no right to do this. You can't turn off our weapons. <laughs> and it's funny because in that moment, they are very similar. They're both annoyed at the Organians for the same reason. They both want to kill each other, but they're not able to. We also get a scene up in space where it seems that the fleet of the Federation has arrived in system and suddenly Sulu screams out and has to jump off his console along with all the others. And at that point, the Organian says, We have disabled all your weapons. You will not be able to harm each other on the planet or above. All of your ship systems have been disabled. And Kirk's like, You can't do that. You've left my fleet vulnerable. And he says, Oh, don't worry. We have disabled both fleets. Feel free to use your communicators if you wish to confirm what we've done. And they do. Kor pulls out his communicator, and we don't hear what happens in that conversation. But Kirk also pulls his out, and we get a response from Sulu. who's like, We just lost all power to the phases. It's as if our consoles were suddenly burning hot. We couldn't touch the controls. I don't know what's going on, Captain. The whole fleet seems to be down. 
And then Kor sort of looks up from his communicator. We don't get to hear his conversation, but he says, my fleet is vulnerable. So we get the idea that his fleet is in the exact same situation. Now, the Organians just sort of look at them both and say how sad this is and that they wish for this war to end. And they sort of give them this judgmental speech about how you both say that you want peace. You want peace. And he points at the Klingons by defeating your enemy. And you want peace only after you've fought a war that you feel is justified and millions will die on both sides. And then you will have peace. While we say, no, you're going to have peace now. And he just sort of looks around and we're like, even I was watching it. I did, like I said, I had no memory of this. I was like, what? What is this guy saying? Why does he have this kind of power? And then he says, and then Kirk says to him, are you serious? 200 people, 200 of your people were just executed. How can you just stand there and allow this? And he just sort of smiles. And the Organian says, well, see, 200 people were not killed. We just allowed you to think that they were killed. This entire area, he looks around, he's like, all the buildings, this whole city was set up so that you organics would, well, he doesn't say organics, but he says so that our visitors would feel more comfortable and have points of reference. We are not actually physical beings. We evolved beyond the need for physical bodies millennia ago. Or millions of years, I think he says, not millennia, but millions of years ago. At that point, he sort of closes his eyes and we realize that he and the other council members start glowing. They are beings of pure energy. They are not physical, which is really interesting. So they're these almost godlike beings. Again, these godlike beings. Original series loves having these godlike beings. There's so many. But they basically stop the war. They stop both fleets from fighting. They allow both sides to go home. And Kor just sort of looks at Kirk and says, A shame. Our battle would have been glorious. <laughs> he has this big smile and he's just... You know what? I kind of love that. I love that this was the introduction of the Klingons. We got to see how brutal they were without an actual war starting. But we did get to see fighting. We got to see that tension and we got a good idea of what Klingons are like. They're very violent. And at this point, very expansionist. It's really interesting, you know, and it was cool. Like, I really liked this episode. I actually thought this was brilliant. I'm not surprised at all that the Klingons became such a mainstay in Star Trek if this was their first introduction, because this episode, top quality. This is on the same level as Space Seed to me. This is one of my favorite episodes of the original series so far. I really, really enjoyed it. Now, I mean, that's basically the episode. After that, it ends, and I guess in the next episode, they're not at war anymore. I guess, I guess next time we see Klingons, we'll hear about if there was any after effect to that. I'm not sure. But um, at this point, the show is still very episodic. It doesn't do whole arcs and all that sort of stuff. So anyway, so I've got a couple little notes that I wrote down about this that were really interesting to me. So first off, like I mentioned before, Kor. Kor is going to be a character that we hear about a lot in the future and we see again. The Mind Ripper, because that's something that I had never heard of before and I'm not interested. No, I'm not interested. I... Not sure if I'm just misremembering and it does come up again or whether it's something that is just used in this episode. I'm not sure. But that was a cool concept. I like the idea of the Mind Ripper. I feel like that's something later on that we'll see the um, Cardassians or maybe the Romulans using, but not so much the Klingons. It doesn't feel like a Klingon way to do things. They're usually much more brutal and straight to the point with like actual torture rather than this. This seems too sophisticated for them, but... I suppose they used it. It does make some form of sense. Now, I did make one note at the start. The Organians, to make the planet look more alien, like the producers of the show, they've got goats that are walking around when they first beam down. And the goats are, like, painted. 
weird colors. It looks like they just spray painted the sides of goats like green and blue and stuff. And I think that was the producers like trying to show these are some kind of animal, but they're not quite goats. They're alien goats because look, they're green and they're blue. <laughs> it made me laugh. It's very basic, but again, I kind of like it. It's it's a nice little touch. They tried. They had next to no resources in the 60s and really, you don't want to make an animatronic for a background animal you don't want to bring artists in to design it if it's going to be in a scene for like half a second. So spray painting some goats, look, whatever. It's fine. It works. It's a cool little background. It does feel vaguely alien. It's It works. Now, the main takeaway I got from this episode, and the thing that actually shocked me the most at the start, was when Kirk came down, he was offering them, you know, help. He was saying, we wouldn't just defend you, we can offer you experts. We could help feed your people. Technological advancement. We could help you learn to protect your own people. He was basically offering to uplift them, to give them technology. And that was fascinating, because throughout Star Trek, you're going to hear a lot about the Prime Directive. And the Prime Directive is the Federation's ruling rule. Well, like, main rule. The golden rule. The one that you must follow at all times no matter what, to their own detriment a lot of the time. And that is that you are never to, what is it? You're never to corrupt societies that are lower tech than you. Until a species has achieved warp technology, they are not supposed to make direct contact. And if they do make direct contact, they are to limit their contact as much as possible because they do not wish to change or alter the way a society develops until it gets to warp technology. Now that, to me, sometimes it's a backward thing, but sometimes I actually think it's a very enlightened philosophy. It can be. There there are episodes where they have to break it, and there are episodes where it doesn't make sense. But I think most of the time it's pretty enlightened. I like the idea of just, you know what, it's not our culture, it's not our place to judge, it's not our world. Once they have warp technology, it's different, because at that point they're able to get to where your culture is and interact with you and possibly harm you, depending on their culture. So at that point, it makes sense that you kind of have to make contact from a practical standpoint. But, you know, like, you look at history of humans. Imagine if in the middle of World War II we had been contacted by some aliens that had just given us sci-fi phases and stuff. Like, both sides would have abused that. I don't care which side you fall on. They would have abused that. Most of human history, we would have abused that. We would have probably done very bad things to ourselves and to others had we been given that kind of technology. So I think it's a very enlightened philosophy to not do that. Because I'd like to imagine that we in the West wouldn't have done those types of things. But really, if you had given like Admiral MacArthur in World War II phases, he would have used them to sink Japanese ships. He wouldn't have thought of having a second thought about it. He would have used his advantage. And why not? You know, you're in a war, you, you get an advantage, you use it. But then after the war, what would that have led to? Maybe we would have occupied more of the world. Maybe America at that point might have decided to colonize half of Asia using their phases as an excuse. We are more powerful than you, so what can you do about it? You know, it may have changed their culture. It may have made them less democratic, less individualistic, and more like an empire. Who knows? Which is the whole point of the Prime Directive is don't get involved. You cannot determine what the consequences will be. And also, these cultures need to develop on their own because a big part of the Federation is, hopefully... Once they get warp travel, they'll be interested in joining the Federation, and then their cultural diversity will be added to the Federation. They will join in, they might have new ideas, new ways of looking at things, new philosophies, which they will not develop if you give them the technology too early, because then they'll just start using the technology and acting like us. So, you know, in a lot of ways, it's a very enlightened philosophy. However, 
It was very interesting in this episode to see that very much the writers had not developed that yet because Kirk's outright offering them technology. And that was a, like, that's a big no-no for Star Trek later on. Like, you cannot do that. And now I'm really interested at what point the Prime Directive becomes a thing because apparently season one of the show, not a thing yet. They are perfectly okay with uplifting other species and giving them technology and weapons of war to defend themselves from the Klingons. Now, I don't know. Because he didn't mention it. I, at first, I was like, maybe this is like a special case because they're about to be enslaved by the Klingons. So maybe in a case like that, the Federation's willing to break its rules. But I don't think so. Because we see cases later, like the Bajorans, being taken over by the Cardassians. And like the Federation basically states, like, that is their culture. They did not wish to join the Federation. If they don't ask for our help, it's not our place to interfere. So they allowed them to be occupied for like 80 years. And like... That's a fairly common thing with the Federation. They allow some pretty bad stuff to happen on the bordering regions because it's not their place to interfere. But at this point, that was not the case. They were very much different. I found that very interesting. I'm very much looking forward to the first actual mention of the Prime Directive. I might even look up when that happens for the next episode. We'll see. But anyway, I mean... I, I just found this was a really cool episode. This is honestly, if you haven't watched this episode in a while, I would honestly suggest, even if you don't watch the rest of the show, that you go back, watch this, and probably watch Space Seed. Just because I really like Space Seed. But uh, this episode too, this episode is brilliant. It is actually worth a rewatch. You should go back and watch it. It's really worth it. But anyway, thank you for listening. That has been this episode. I'm sorry that I took such a long break once again. This should be coming up on this Sunday. I'll try and have it uploaded. It'll all be on the YouTube channel once again. I am going to work through all that this week. And next week, we only have two episodes left of Season 1. So next week, I'll be recording both of those and we'll be ending Season 1. Which means, the week after we get to Season 2. Where one of my personal favourite characters from the original series, Chekhov, will be joining the crew. Because he doesn't join until Season 2. Anyway, thanks for coming by and bye for now.